Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman time. Y'all must have forgot why we the best. People say the punches weren't really necessary. What do you mean, why were they not necessary? Because he was already knocked out at that point. But it, the referee hadn't pulled me off. And my job is to hit somebody till the referee pulls me off. So to so those people, I would say, maybe don't watch him and they go back to soccer. You know, I made history here tonight. I said on a record. It's my name in history one more time. WFAN and Odyssey.com. You guys caught me under under a bad bad time, but you know what I'm saying? The rock's cool. I like ballers. I like ballers. You know what I'm saying? But he picked the wrong side. He picked another side so he could get it too. He could get his ass whipped too. Straight up. With all due respect, he could get it too. I definitely wanna defend my 145 about. And let's see, I'm gonna talk to Dana. Dana, tomorrow I'm gonna call you. We're gonna have a talk. I love you, boy. Here's your Fight Fan host, Pete Hoffman. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. You can follow me at the Hoff WFAN, at the Fight Fan WFAN on Twitter, at the Fight Fan with Pete Hoffman everywhere else. Go to YouTube, Facebook, um, Instagram, WFAN.com, and the Odyssey app. You will find me there. And do it now. Subscribe now. Um, <clears throat> yesterday we had Chuck Liddell, last minute announcement, last minute uh, join the show and uh, talked about the celebrity boxing match that's taking place on Fight TV Friday night, tonight, uh, 9 p.m. on Fight TV pay-per-view. And it's Lamar Odom, Aaron Carter. If you're into that, check it out. But he was awesome. He gave us a lot of time, gave us, a, you know, Talked about his a little bit about his career, a little bit about missing out on fighting these days. You know, he's still he's still locked in. He's still watching every fight. Doesn't make a difference what it is, whether it's an actual combat MMA, boxing, whatever it is, or if it's even just a fun exhibition with uh, you know, whether it's trailer or whomever. He's into it, he likes it, he likes the entertainment value of it. And and the fact is that he can appreciate all all different types of fights for what they are. And is not looking for, for example, the Mayweather, Logan Paul. He looked at that as an exhibition, and he knew what he was looking at. And he wasn't trying to be like, oh, well, who's going to get knocked out and who's going to get this? He's just like, eh, whatever. I'll just sit back and relax, see what kind of combos they got, see uh, you know, see what, see, see what's going on. But not, not expecting too much out of it, which I think some of 
the people that really bought in or bought the pay-per-views were expecting. Um, so tonight, again, there's another small pay-per-view. Lamar Odom versus Aaron Carter. Check that out if you want to. Uh, Chuck Liddell is the special guest referee for that fight. We also had yesterday PFL, our boy Chris Wade with a sick knockout. His first career knockout, which is crazy to think, but he's really looked good in the featherweight division right now in the, in the PFL. Um, he made the playoffs now, so he's in the uh, playoff format, which is fantastic. And let's let's keep it rolling, man. He's looking really good, really sharp. Took some damage, took some took took some hits, but really was able to um, control himself and and wore his opponent down. And then the, the crazy knockout and was fantastic finish. So that's cool. And then Clarissa Shields, her MMA debut looked solid. You know, you you look at what Clarissa does. She's a boxer. She stands up. What's the first thing that you're going to do for someone who's not used to being? You know, I'm not saying she's not used to it because she has trained over the past six months. I know it's only six months, but she has trained MMA over the past six months. What is something that you would do to someone who's not used to being on their back? That they are used to standing up and striking with their opponents and working on combos and stuff like that. First thing you do is you take them down. And her opponent, Elkin, did a good job, got her to the ground. And she was able to withstand that. And she was able to really show her defense at times. I'm not saying that Elkin is is the be-all, end-all MMA on the ground, but but Clarissa Shields was able to survive on the ground. And that's something that's tough to do. She was able to get up off her back a couple times. She wasn't just laying there and and praying for the round to be done with. She was moving. She was she was she was getting loose. And in the end, she just, you know, wasn't the craziest knockout. It wasn't the craziest finish, but she was peppering her with shots. She got her on the ground. She had a good position. She just kept on peppering with with punches, and that was it. And call it a day. And Clarissa Shields gets her first MMA, MMA victory. We've talked about this Kayla Hans, uh Kayla Harrison, too. Another one who is, you know, trying to find her way through this new world for her. And PFL is doing a decent job. They're hyping her up a little bit. They're not giving her crazy fights, but they're inching her out into the into the uh, mainstream MMA world. And we'll see what happens. You know, it's not. I I know it's it's, it's different because it's weird because like so for tonight for Bellator Aaron Pico's back on the card again, and we always we know Aaron Pico, we know his history. Bellator, he's the young gun. He's this guy who's going to come out. I think his first light, uh, first fight he lost in like 30, 40 seconds because he got caught in a submission. Got too excited, walked right into a submission, and that was it. Um, he rebounded nicely and then got knocked out eventually uh, a few, like two or three fights after that, you know, because he was going to wars and he wasn't being patient enough and he just was going hard balls to the wall type of thing. Kind of like a Cody Garbrandt, who I love. You know, he gets touched up a little bit. Early on in his career, when he gets touched up, he just went forward. And, five, five you know, a bunch of fights in a row, he got the knockout. But then there was those moments that he did not get the knockout where his opponent was able to see his opening and just land a, a death strike to him. 
And Pico is another one of those guys as well who who allowed himself to get caught. But PFL is, is working with these girls and not pushing them in a way that they're Listen, I'm not saying it's a, it's a fighting business. It's, it's a, it is a business. Your opponent's looking to take your head off or looking to get the victory just as much as you are. So it's it's not... This is not something where it's like, oh, well, it's a, it's a tin can right here. She didn't stand and strike with Elkin. Girl took her right to the ground. So that was impressive by Clarissa. That she was able to withstand that and was able to win the fight. Same thing with Kayla Harrison, too. So it's PFL's doing a good job. They they really are. It's a fun league, which you can't usually say because, you know, you look at all the other, uh, you know, UFC and Bellator. They have the tournaments Bellator does, but it, 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 the league is interesting. The point system is interesting. I like the stats. I like all that stuff, the the, the speed of a strike. You know, it's it's different. It's nice. Uh, I'm not saying it's it's the best, but it's it's nice. It's different, and, I, and I'll buy into that. Um, I'm not saying I'm gonna buy into the uh, celebrity boxing, but I, you know, I, I'm buying into the PFL right now. And then, of course, besides Bellator, besides the celebrity boxing match between Lamar Odom and Aaron Carter, you got UFC 263, and this card, like the anticipation building to this card. It's it's blowing up. Like I'm, you talk about best of all time, and in the MMA world again, as I said, like I've I've said it in the past. I didn't just say it now, but I said in the past, having a loss on your record does not taint your career. It just doesn't. Whatever time that loss comes, whether it's early, whether it's middle, whether it's late. It doesn't taint your career. So, yes, Israel Adesanya is coming off of a loss versus Jan Blachowicz after going up in weight class to the light heavyweight division. And he lost. And he looked okay. Didn't look great. You could see that the the weight class is a little different for, for Izzy. Puts the question, did we really want to see that John Jones is the Israel Adesanya fight? That, that does come in question. Or maybe Israel, maybe later on, can find a way to get up there and and bulk up a little bit more and, and approach it differently. Again, neither here nor there. He gave it a shot. Didn't work out. And it means nothing. Because this fight for Israel Adesanya and Marvin Vittori, it's exciting. Two of the best middleweight fighters out there. Marvin Vittori is on a crazy win streak. He's dominated his opponents. I mean, you go through Kevin Holland, Jack Hermanson, Carl Roberson, Andrew Sanchez, I mean, his last loss was versus Israel Adesanya. It was a close decision. I know Chuck Liddell, who's on yesterday, said, hey, it wasn't as close as you may think it was. Well, agree to disagree. And Vittori has really looked sharp and dominant. Now, 
What does that say about Israel Asanya? What does that say about this fight coming up? Height and the reach. We know Izzy has it. But with Vittori, something, there's a different vibe around that. Now, listen, I'm not just saying this because he's Italian and I'm Italian. So I'm not, I'm not just saying that. I'm happy that's the case, but I, I like what Vittori has to offer in the cage. And you look at him, and he really doesn't. He doesn't put him in a situation. He doesn't put himself in situations where it looks like he's going to get, you know, take the L. And Izzy, being the counter striker that he is, is Vittori going to put himself in a spot? He's going to bring the fight to to Izzy. That's for sure. Unlike, unlike Paulo Costa, but. Unlike Robert Whitaker, I think he's going to do a little bit more calculated. Robert Whitaker, who went in there and tried to tag Israel Adesanya, couldn't touch him. I don't think Vittori's going in there, guns blazing. I think he'll go for a takedown. I think that you're going to see this. I think you're going to see the Jan Blachowicz route. I think you're going to see a couple rounds on the on the ground. I don't think you're going to see a finish. Not early on. It's a possibility, a nice five-round fight, championship fight. That That is, would not shock me. And I know Izzy's got the, the betting favorite. And I, I'd, I will never tell you not to put it on Izzy. Even versus John Blachowicz, even though I didn't like that fight for him, I still was like, you know what, he's got a chance. Izzy, Israel Adesanya is up there right now with an Anderson Silva. That's the level that he's at right now. He's just completely dominant. He's elusive. His reach is 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 amazing. The fact that he's able to keep his distance, but still find ways to just touch the opponents at will. It's a it's a great position for Israel Adesanya to be in, and he's just so flashy and he's just so charismatic. It's the guy that you want if you're the the face of the UFC. That's the guy that you want there to be. You want him to be the face of the UFC. It's going to be a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. You also have the co-main event between Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. That's the rematch. Crazy, crazy five-round championship fight last time. And had to be done again. Went to a draw, which... Really mean it meant it had, had to be done again, but fantastic fight. And it, the one thing again, you talk about the we, we'll talk about the po- the press conferences too. Like Vitor was going off a little bit with Izzy at the press conference, and then at the weigh-ins, uh, Davis and Figueredo and and Moreno, not the weigh-ins, but the the face-offs. You know, uh, Figueredo touches up Moreno, and we've seen this over and over recently now. I've spoken to a bunch of guys who's had this happen. Like, don't put your hands on the guy in the face-off. I want to see the fight at the pay-per-view, at the main event, the co-main event. I want to see that fight. I do not want to see just the face-off and then the fight gets scrapped. Now, he didn't look like he pushed him that hard. Uh, Figueredo didn't seem like he pushed Moreno too hard, but still... The adrenaline's pumping. You just never know. And we've seen that. Drucker Close happened to. 
Um, who was it that was on just recently with me that told me that the same thing happened? It wasn't Jared. Uh, uh, somebody. Dustin Jacoby. There we go. Dustin Jacoby. That just happened too. With the with Ian Kudalaba. And he said straight up, Dustin said, he's like, that's kind of, in the moment, threw me off because I wasn't expecting to do it. And then my adrenaline kicked in and then I had a little knot in my back. And it didn't screw up the fight, thank goodness. But you just don't know. So don't don't put your hands on people, please. Not for, not for, the, for the fans' sake, don't do it. Hype the fight up, talk a lot of crap, get in their face, kiss each other, whatever you want to do. Just please don't touch each other. Save that for the cage. All right? Then Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz, the return of Nate Diaz. This fight I've been talking to with a lot of guys, a lot of people, and this fight's going to go one of two ways. Now, I think the odds, I believe the odds are heavily on Leon Edwards, and that makes sense. Leon Edwards, the better of the two, the younger of the two, the fresher of the two. Leon Edwards really, over the past few years, has looked fantastic inside the cage. But his fights are few and far between. He hasn't had that that major win on his table. That 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 one win that put him over the top. Uh, he's had some scheduled, some fights scheduled that had been canceled, and just never came through. The Bala Muhammad even that 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 was the the last one. That was like a good fight, and the eye poke ruined it. Well, Nate Diaz steps in. And we know Nate Diaz is not who he once was. We know he's a little bit older. He hasn't fought in two years. He hasn't fought since the BMF belt. And he didn't look very good versus Jorge Masvidal. But this is the type of Nate Diaz that you got to be scared of because he doesn't care. He's coming in for a payday. He's going to do his work, call it a day, and see you later. In that process, he can come out victorious and make the opponent look silly. Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz won. Anthony Pettis. He could do that and find his way back into another BMF fight in the future. Because he likes to screw stuff up. He likes to be, throw the wrench in the wheel. He likes to be that guy that just walks in Throws over a few tables, walks out, and be like, what the hell just happened? Well, his name is Nate Diaz, and that's what he does. Leon Edwards, technically speaking, not technically, it just is. It's a fact. He's a better fighter right now. He just, he's at a level that people don't know him enough yet, but they will if he dominates Nate Diaz. So this fight's going to go one of two ways. It's either going to kill Leon Edwards' career or it's going to make it soar. If he beats Nate Diaz, it's going to soar. And if he loses to Nate Diaz, well, you're better off finding uh, finding an opponent in Bellator or PFL or one of these other leagues because no one is going to take you serious after that. And that's not his own fault. It's, it's, it's been it's been a rough go of it for Leon Edwards as far as promoting wise, but it's the truth. Um, 
Also on the main card, Damian Maya, Bilal Muhammad, which is nice. Muhammad getting back in the cage again too. Maya is a pain in the ass. Let's just be straightforward. If he his jujitsu is incredible, is this gonna? This is not gonna be a stand up fight. Damian Maya is going to look to find a way to get on uh, Muhammad's back and finish the thing off. Can Muhammad withstand that? Can he find a way to? He's not going to submit Maya, but he's going to have to find a way to outstrike him and get him on the on the on his back and and ground and pound. That's what it's going to have to be. So we shall see. But Maya, even at his age, is still you know technically a fantastic jujitsu fighter. So we'll see what happens. Then you got Paul Craig, Jamal Hill uh, to round out the main card. Prelims, Drew Dober, Brad Riddle, Eric Anders, Darren Stewart should be a great light heavyweight fight. Eric Anders, another guy, former college pro athlete, pro football player, college athlete, uh, college football player, um, and he really just puts out a good performance. He's the guy's. I'm gonna have Billy Quarantillo on in a little bit. He's one of those fighters where you just want to watch a fight because he always brings it. He always brings an amazing fight. And it's gonna be fun. Darren Stewart's another one, the up and comer. Uh, that should that should be a really good fight too. Well, not up and comer; he's thirty years old, but he's still in the mix, which is what you want to be. Lauren Murphy, Joanne Calderwood, women's flyweight fight. That that's a serious contender fight right there. We both both Calderwood was there before. Murphy thinks she's there now, and you know Calderwood lost the last fight. If I'm correct, was the last two or last one? Let's see. Yeah, she lost to well, she she beat Jessica I. She lost to Jennifer Maya. That's what it was. That Maya fight screwed her up because she was she beat Andrea Lee, and she for some she was up there to take on Shevchenko, and that's what we expected to happen. Instead, she takes a fight with Jennifer Maya. She loses that submission, puts it back a little bit, but beats Jessica I, and now it's Lauren Murphy's time. And Laura Murphy's right up there too for a championship fight. So those two, it'll be interesting. It'll be a good fight. Though both girls want it, that's for sure. Mavsvar Ivilov. I always get his name wrong, but whatever. First Hakeem Dawadu. You don't really care if I say it right or not, do you? I don't think you even listen to that. You want to get to the interview. So um and then the the prelim's pretty good too. Our boy Matt Favola's on it. He was on he was on a, a, a podcast last week. You got Chase Hooper, the return of the uh, is he even twenty one yet? Let's see. Oh, he's twenty one. Good for him. So it's a good it's a good prelim card. It's a good pay per view. It'll be fun. A lot going on uh, on UFC. But again, I, I this is one of my favorite watching Israel Adesanya is the blessing. It really is. He, he reminds me of that that Anderson Silva level. You know, flashy. You know, he can really do whatever he wants in the cage. And besides the Jan Blahovitz, after that Calvin Gaston fight, he is on a different level. And it's so so, you know, styles make fights. We always everyone always says that. But after that Gaslam fight, I mean, he has looked better than ever. The Anderson Silva fight, he didn't even look that good. And I'm not sure whether you've just given too much credit to to Anderson, but is what it is. All right. Enough. UFC 263 
tomorrow night. Check it out. I'm going to be watching. I'll probably give you some sort of recap, a little recap on WFan.com, as I always do on Twitter. Um, Let's get to it. Our boy, Billy Q. Billy Quarantillo joins us. Bill's Mafia. Let's go. Uh, He is fighting June, sorry, not June, July 17th. And we're going to get into it right now with Billy Billy Quarantillo. This is the Fight Fan with your host, Pete Hoffman. Being joined right now by with Billy Q, Billy Quarantella. Uh, how you doing, brother? It's just off the bat, man. I was so psyched to see you fight uh Herbert Burns, and now all of a sudden that's done. But Gabriel mm-hmm. Benitez, that's just as freaking sick. So, Billy Q, tell me what with the news, how did you feel? Yeah, you know, it uh, I, I kind of had this weird feeling. They told us about uh, Herbert Burns a few weeks ago, and it was like we had like 11 weeks notice. So it was like, it was really weird. It was like a, a long time to get ready for a fight. So I, I kind of had this weird feeling that he wasn't going to, like, he just wasn't going to make it. Uh, mm-hmm. He said no to fighting me in June. He said yes to July 17th. Um, and then a, a few weeks went by. We didn't really hear too much. And then they told us that the opponent switched. It, it's a total stylistic change in fights. It, it went from a right-handed grappler who doesn't really like to strike that much. He likes to take it to the floor. Uh, against uh, an exciting lefty, you know, Mexican fighter. You know, if, if you are familiar with Mexican boxers and fighters, you know how tough they are. And uh, it's exciting, man. It's one of those. It's, I think he's a little more dangerous on the feet. And uh, that's always excited me get going in there with guys who are trying to knock my head off. Do you, does it, the game plan changes clearly, but does that bother you in any way? Like, oh shit, I was looking forward to this and now I got to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Or does it like still the same, same old, same old, I'm still going in there. I'm still going to come up with a W. Yeah. Yeah. Um, luckily they gave us enough time and I've always prided myself on, you know, if you give me, if you give me five weeks to beat someone, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And, uh, so I like it. I, I like the, uh, the stylistic change. It's, it's, it's intriguing to me. Um, you know, I was on a nine fight winning streak and I just lost to a Southpaw. So, uh, it's another Southpaw, it's another lefty. And I, you know, kind of had the last game plan, uh, you know, to go against the lefty anyway. So it's just super exciting. I'm just happy to be, you know, in the UFC three and one and a big win here puts me in like that, that top group of uh, the division. No, no way. And no, no question. And not for nothing, dude, that is a sick card. You know, you yeah. look at Holloway. I mean, that mm-hmm. any, anytime Holloway fights, it's always unbelievable, but just you go through it, meet the return of Misha Tate, even, yep. I mean, it's on, it's on, uh, it's on ABC. Am I correct? Or is it ESPN? Yes. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN and, uh, yeah, you nailed it. And they, and they asked me, you know, um, I haven't fought, I haven't fought all year because I had to get uh, eye surgery. I got, ended up getting that PRK surgery because my eyes were you know a mess. <laughs> and, uh, so they basically said you can either fight, uh, Benitez or we could try to find you something like down the road. And it, it, they could have named anyone and I'm not, I don't want to wait any longer. I love fighting and you know, I, I want to keep, keep things going. And so, yeah, I'm super excited. Max Holloway in the card. That's just the cherry on top. Just to, you know, I've been a fan of him forever, just like most people. So it's just going to be a, a great card. And, uh, I think my time has come where I'm going to kind of break out now to the more eyeballs on that card, you know, the better too, again, it's on ESPN, but but again, whenever Holloway fights, I feel like that more people get drawn into it. So again, people, your fights get spotlighted. And again, Gabriel Benitez is going to bring it. We definitely know the style that he brings. So you're talking about a fight of the night caliber fight. Uh, like I'm already getting amped up by that. Again, Herbert Burns disappointing. I was looking forward to that. But this has mm-hmm. got potential already. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Herbert Burns, I think might have been a big. He's probably a bigger name just because his, you know, his brother's Gilbert Burns. Yeah over the title you know everyone knows the burns name uh, but 
I think you're absolutely right. In terms of excitement, there's just no way this is going to be a boring fight. You know, I got heavy hands. He loves to trade. He loves to try to knock people out. I like to knock people out. Uh, I know I can mix in my wrestling. I'm a black belt in jujitsu. Uh, you know, he trains at American Kickboxing Academy, one of the best gyms in the world. And, you know, this is what I signed up for when, uh, you know, I started training in 2010 with uh, Long Island's Matt Frivola. We always talked about, you know, we're going to fight the best guys in the world. We're going to fight the best coaches, best gyms. And, uh, you know, that's, this is where we're at now. Dude, it, it, you talk about Frivola, we just, just saw Frank Camacho come to a car accident. And then goes that. Now he's got a different opponent. It's like, it's just crazy how this thing works. If you're in that situation, when was like that? Have you had that fight where like a last minute change? Like this is a few, this is a, like a month out. That's good. Yeah. This is like a couple days that we're talking here. It's, it is insane. You know, like, I don't know if he's cursed or, or what's going on, <laughs> but um, his brother wrote up a nice little, like, not like a nice, but he basically wrote up his last five fights, which is true. He's had five fights in a row that have either been canceled fight week or completely changed fight week. I don't think that's ever been done before where you're basically just getting new opponents. Uh, but luckily he's a gamer and he's also really, really well-rounded. So I think that, you know, it, it really doesn't really favor either guy in this situation. His opponent just fought, um, but Farola has been getting ready for this for a, for a huge fight. And I think he's going to handle business on Saturday. So let's get into you, you know, your career. Tell me how, when did you first actually get into MMA with, you know, how did you find your love for it? Yeah. So, um, you know, like I was saying, I grew up in Buffalo and, uh, we used to, uh, we used to like, you know, I was kind of a, a, a pretty rowdy kid. We used to like, when I was growing up, I, I was always playing football and hockey and getting in fights and doing that kind of stuff. And I got in a, I, I was always intrigued by it. Like I was, I was friends with a lot of like the wrestlers. We'd always like wrestle around and kind of mess around. Um, I got in a couple bad fights in Buffalo on Chippewa street. If you're familiar, if people are familiar with Buffalo, and uh, there was one fight in particular where I was kind of breaking up a fight, didn't really know what was happening. And this guy headbutted me and broke my orbital bone. So like, and I just remember like, we all started fighting, you know, we were all fighting after that. And then the next day, you know, my eye was swollen shut. And I just had this feeling, I was like, man, I never want to be in that position again, where I didn't really know you know, how to act after, you know, I didn't really know what to do. I, I wanted to be able to defend myself better because we, you know, me and my friends would always, you know, get into trouble somehow. And, uh, so I found, I found jujitsu and there's a guy named Ken Blazek who he was just coming back from Denver. He was doing this thing jujitsu that I didn't really know too much about. And he basically taught me a couple moves off, off my back, basically being on the floor, you know, a triangle choke and an arm bar. And, and that was probably the day that I fell in love with it. And I was just like, Oh my God, like if I can beat someone on my back, like when they're on top of me, I'm like, I'm never going to lose a fight again because, you know, we would watch people and every fight we saw would either be like, you know, people trying to knock each other out or it would be a wrestler that would take someone down and beat the crap out of them on the ground. And when I started learning jujitsu, I was like, Oh man, like I, I know how to punch people. And I, and <laughs> Someone, if someone takes me down and I can choke them, I'm like, I'm definitely, I'm, you know, I thought I was never going to lose a fight again. And uh, so I started basically really getting into jujitsu. And next thing you know, I, uh, he, he, he was, he was just kind of doing it for fun. So then I went to a bigger gym called WNY MMA in Buffalo, trained there for like a month. And uh, I just was in love with it. And they got me a fight right away. Even though I wasn't ready, I was like, oh man, I just want to fight. I want to fight. And I lost a split decision. This guy who was four and no, his name was Josh Lang. I still remember it. It was a split decision. I still think I won the fight. It was in 2010. <laughs> uh, one, of the, one of the judges gave me all three rounds. That's how close it was. So I thought I won the fight. Uh, and that night when I had my first loss, 
I was like, man, I like, I couldn't even sleep. I was just so in love with it. You know, I was, I was always a UFC fan and that's what really started off. And then when I, I moved to Tampa a couple months later and we've just been going at it ever since. And, and, uh, you know, basically it was my goal to be a world champion to get in the UFC. And, uh, I've, you know, I've gotten, gotten this far and, and there's no reason why I can't get any further. So you're from Buffalo, you play mm-hmm. hockey, are you a Sabres fan? Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, this debacle of a team, dude. Uh, but you were probably the the days of like Dominic Hosh, though, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I grew up. Uh, you know, da- Dominic Hasek, Mike Pekka, Pat Lafontaine, right? Uh, the old school guys. Uh, and to be honest, respectable, like, respectable team. Exactly. At least they <laughs> Stanley Cup Finals a few times. They never yeah. won the cup. But uh, yeah, honestly, I haven't really watched a ton lately. I've been more more watching more Bills. I'm a huge Bills fan. And uh, people are always like, oh, you're from Tampa. Like, are you a light? And I'm like, no, I, 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 it's not that like, I'd be like a bandwagon fan because, you know, I've been in Tampa for like 10 years. I just can't switch on my guys. So I'm, I'll, I'll be Sabres and Bills, even though I don't watch a ton of hockey anymore, just because I'm so busy. Um, I'll always be Sabres fan and you'll never see me switch and, and be a lightning fan, even though like, maybe I'll go to their games and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Buffalo till I die. My, my boy, Joe Beningo, uh, New Yorker, New Jersey guy would would love you for that because he would be like you can't switch teams you're once you're born with the team you have to die with that team no matter what and he's a big jets fan and he saw the super bowl in 69 and that's been it and he's dying uh, for okay. a championship so yeah and that ain't coming anytime soon <laughs> no <laughs> but you got uh, you- yeah the, the jets are in the same boat as the sabers are at right now uh yeah i but i like the coach i like robert Sala. like i like i like the yeah. vibe he brings you know it's it's a different energy which is really good i mean look the bills turning around really quickly and they they have the opportunity now to really do some something nice because the patriots are crapshoot right now too so yeah i think this is the, the bills i think we have a window now you know last year we had a chance didn't get it done i think we have the next like two or three years with this team you know kind of a young team and, and we kept most of our players uh, I think, you know, we have a window with Josh Allen now for the next few years. Um, and I'm just praying for, a, 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 you know, a Super Bowl. And I cannot imagine what Buffalo will turn into if they, you know, if and when they do in the Super Are Bowl. You, were you Bill's Mafia? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of videos of me putting people through tables. Uh, I, went to, <laughs> went to, I went to the Jacksonville game and, and threw a guy through a table just for fun. And, uh, yeah, I, I grew up. I grew up in the Bills games and I thought it was normal. Like as a kid, like I would go there when I was like seven, eight, nine, ten, And I thought that was all like normal. And then when like everyone had video cameras and everyone would talk about how like crazy the Bills fans were. And I was like, oh, wow, they, they are, you know, watching it from this perspective. We are pretty wild. Yeah, you're nuts. You're nuts. Yeah, I actually yeah, have I, one, one of my guys, one of my friends that comes on the show, he's a former Bill and he's like, yeah, he was there from the beginning of it. It just like it, the way oh, yeah. it came, but the, it's the passion for the the team that you know you got to respect it. Yeah. The fans are the fans are crazy, but in a, in a good way. I mean, they're not they're not hurting anybody besides themselves, so that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And if you understand like Buffalo, there you know the winters are brutal. There's not a whole lot to do in terms of like entertainment. So everyone gets behind the sports teams, man. Like you know, if you're if you're a Bills player, you're you know Bills forever. And so that's kind of how it started with everyone just being so passionate because there's not really a lot to do. So you're going to the Bills game, you know, you're you're drinking a lot, you're partying, <laughs> and uh, if, they, if they lose, it's like a war zone out there with people fighting and just acting crazy. But if they win, it's like oh my god, like you know, just the best thing ever. You need to do me a favor. You have to send me uh, videos of you throwing people through tables or whatever, because that has to I, go up on our site. 
good video uh, from from the playoff game a few years ago. I'll definitely send it over to you. Yeah, please do. That's amazing. Um, so, so we we move past to Buffalo. You go to Tampa. You go. You get the opportunity on the um, on uh, Ultimate Fighter. And yep. a crazy season with McGregor yeah. Faber. I mean that that is one of the best seasons that they had. Mm-hmm. Give me that experience. You know, you were there for a lot of chaos, which there always is on the Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. But you were there for some of the best of it. Yeah, yeah. The Ultimate Fighter, man. I'll always look back and and just kind of cherish those moments because. At the time, you know, I won the fight to get in the house and I was just like, you know, I was just happy to be there. I was kind of, you know, kind of starstruck being around like McGregor and Faber and like even even all the, the team alpha male guys and uh, watching like how they trained and like, you know, we were training four hours a day and, and, you know, we were taking a shuttle to and from the gym, which took a half hour each time. So we were in a truck for two hours every single day um, and just going through that process, looking back on it, you know, I always say this, that. I wasn't necessarily ready to be in the UFC yet. You know, maybe I could have, maybe I could have snuck in and won a couple fights, but there was just no way that I was ready to compete with like the top guys. So after the ultimate fighter, you know, I didn't get signed. I had a huge chip on my shoulder, but I, but I took with me a lot of knowledge from that. You know, I was seeing the best guys in the world and I, and I knew that was, it was an obtainable goal. So after the ultimate fighter, it was in 2016, I just, you know, worked my ass off 2015. Um, I just worked my ass off for the next five years doing everything I could to get back to that point. And, you know, in those five years, I ended up going, you know, I lost, I won one, lost one. And then I ended up going on, you know, a, a nine fight winning streak leading up to, you know, my contender series fight where I got in the UFC. Uh, that was the, you know, the, 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 the years that I needed to get to the high level of the UFC. And then finally, when I won in the contender series, um, I knew I was ready to go on a run, you know, three and one in the UFC now, you know, did some things I shouldn't have done, uh, you know, before the last fight where I ended up losing, but overall, I, I know I can compete with the top, the top 10 guys, top 15 guys in the world right now at this point. What do you mean? You said you did some things that, that you shouldn't have done. What, what, what exactly did you do differently? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, I was on a, uh, uh, basically I went on like a six fight winning streak. I won the contender series fight and I won my, I won my debut, you know, smoked the guy. Uh, that's when COVID started happening. Then I went against Spike Carlisle. I won, you know, I beat, decision, beat Spike. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, close fight. Uh, and then fight. I, knocked, I knocked out Kyle Nelson at that point. I'm on a nine fight winning streak and I was 31 years old. I'm 32 now. And basically right after the Kyle Nelson fight, you know, I was eating, drinking, partying, doing, doing what you do after a fight. But Gavin Tucker called me out and I wanted to make sure I was on a pay-per-view. So I was like, oh, you know, let's do it. Like, I want to get on the pay-per-view. And they ended up basically, it was like a five and a half, five and a half weeks. And they're like, will you fight him on this day on this pay-per-view? And I didn't really like Gavin Tucker. So I really wanted to fight Gavin Tucker and I really wanted to fight on a pay-per-view. So even though I only had like a few weeks, I had so much confidence being on a nine fight winning streak. I took the fight. I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know, like, you know, I'm were ready. You, I'm ready. Were you drunk? And, were you drunk at the time when you signed the papers? You're like, let's go do it. Or were you just like, okay, I'm clear head, but I still want to do this. Yeah. Well, I was clear headed, but like the, you know, like a few days before we were out like partying, you know, we were still yeah. celebrating. I had, you know, I'm, I'm basically living my dream, uh, being on a nine fight winning streak. And Favola actually warned me actually, cause he was like, you know, take it one fight at a time and, and you're, you're not in a rush. You know, we're not in a rush because 
you know, if I would have taken, if I could have taken that fight, maybe in like January of the next year or February, um, I would have done things differently. I would have had more time to cut weight. The weight cut didn't go great. Mm. Um, but I was just so amped up. I felt invincible. So I wish I would have taken a little more time. Um, and then the whole getting, uh, I had, I ended up having to get PRK, which is basically LASIK eye surgery right. because I've had several fights now, uh, including that one that, um, I got one of my contacts knocked out. So mm. it, and if you vision is probably the most important sense you have in fighting. And I've had several fights where I could barely see, you know, everything's kind of blurry. So now going into this next fight, I, you know, I have a clear mind. I'm coming off a loss. I got another chip on my shoulder. My eyes are fixed. So there's no chance of me, you know, being half blind in there. <laughs> and, you know, it's going to be like a little bit of a, of a redemption fight for me. Uh, go out there and, and beat this good dude and get back on track. I love it, dude. I love it. I mean, listen, this is going to be a fantastic fight. I love, first of all, your fights are exciting no matter what. The way you're, again, your energy, your personality is fantastic. This Thanks. is going to be unbelievable. Uh, again, I, Herbert Bird's awesome fight, but this is really going to be unbelievable. Um, again, UFC uh, on UFC on ESPN 26, I believe is the number. The, the numbers is just all together. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous now. <laughs> um, but it's July 17th, which is awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Awesome. So, so you, Give me a little bit more background to the, because I do need to know, because you were there for all this stuff with the, the Ultimate Fighter. Give yeah. me your perspective of Conor McGregor at that moment in time, because that was like the mecca of Conor McGregor. His aura has changed. I mean, obviously, he's gone on to be champ champ. He lost the fight to, um, he's lost the fight to, to Floyd Mayweather. He yeah. lost a couple of Diaz, he lost a Diaz fight, one of Diaz fight, all this stuff in between the, the, the Khabib Nurmagomedov. But give me give me your perspective of him. At, he was literally that was his prime right there. Give me yeah. that Conor McGregor. Yeah, you know it's it's so crazy to look back on because our feelings for him um, at the time he was still kind of having that kind of had like that reputation of like is this guy all talk? You know, like is he just because he came out he 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 was coming off the Chad Mendez win. It was basically like he beat Chad Mendez, and then the next weekend we started filming. So. Mm-hmm. We, we were thinking, okay, he beat Chad Mendez on short notice. Chad Mendez was coming in on short notice. Um, he was still talking about how he was going to beat Eldo. And I remember all of us were like, oh man, Eldo's going to beat him. Uh, you know, this, that, that. Um, but I do definitely remember he had this sense of intensity on him. You know, like everything he did, he was like real, like real, um, you know, intense just with basic everyday stuff. And, um, I think, I think that's kind of an intensity that you need to get to the highest level of the sport. Um, but yeah, it's cool to see him before all that, because we didn't really know that he was going to do what he did, you know, beating, beating Eldo so quickly, you know, beating Eddie Alvarez so easily, you know, fighting Floyd Mayweather, making, you know, a billion dollars. So it's, it's cool to, to be there. Like I remember taking a piss next to him and it was just normal. <laughs> just, just that's awesome yeah i remember being in, in like the, uh uh it, it, we got we got some pretty cool memories we ended up the, the last day at tough we ended up all going out to dinner uh dana white took us all out so it was like i was there eating dinner with like dana white uh uriah Faber, all those guys conor mcgregor you know ryan hall all the guys on my team um uh, and i remember kind of just joking around with all of them like it was nothing and then next thing you know we all go our separate ways and, and everyone everyone has their own story to tell but uh, yeah, Connor, being around Connor was definitely a, a, an interesting thing, especially before everything, because he was just so so intense. And people, that's the number one question. Like, oh, is he always talking shit? I'm like, yeah, he's always 
he's not a character. He's not like playing a character. He that's how, how he is. He's always just, you know, run, was always running his mouth to Faber and team alpha male and all those guys. And uh, you know, he say what you want. He, he backed up everything he said he was going to do and to be on the Forbes list, I think like three or four times in a row now, super impressive and very motivating being in the same sport and same industry as him. Yeah, he's a top of Forbes, and he only had one fight, which is crazy. You saw those numbers. It's ridiculous. Was he talking crap when yeah. he was taking a piss, too? Yeah, I don't doubt. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> we were all – I think they were all – I think I had my fight coming up. I don't know if he was. But, uh, yeah, you know, he was uh, he, he was a cool guy. and Like, he was down to earth. He was cool with all the fighters. The only people he was really talking, like, trash to was, like, Faber and the alpha, alpha male guys. Uh, he was pretty cool with all of us. We all got along pretty good with him. That's awesome. Do you uh, do you bring, bring up Ryan Hall? That guy's another one who has a difficulty getting fights. You're you know you talked about Matt Fowler's like don't rush things, really take your time. He seems to be the the <laughs> the idea is he's really difficult to get fights just because of his style. People don't <laughs> want to fight him. What was your impression of of him and even now? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm so close with Ryan. I was actually just talking to him earlier today. Uh, we're talking about get, getting together and doing some training. He's fighting on July 10th um, against an up and coming guy. And yeah, just, I love being around guys like that where, uh, you know, I've been around hundreds of fighters and his mind, he's just different. You know, he, he does a lot of things differently. His, obviously his jujitsu is phenomenal. I got a chance to roll with him quite a bit. Um, you know, I've been over to his gym a few times in Virginia as well. So just being around him is, you know, I love just picking his brain and asking him questions. That's exactly what I would do on the show. Just ask him a lot of questions. And yeah, the reason why he, it's hard, to, it's hard to, uh, it's been hard for him to find fights because guys, um, you know, ahead of him don't want to fight him because it's, it's hard to look good against him. You know, he's got very good unorthodox striking and you can't go near the ground with him. You know, his, right. his jiu-jitsu is good. Like, you're not in a rush to try to take them down. And uh, so I think, I think guys don't like it because you kind of have to be in a boring fight to try to beat him. And if you try to rush anything, you know, like, like Darren Elkins tried to rush in a few times and he almost got caught, you know, each time, like he was, he almost got caught in a guillotine and, you know, he got caught with a bunch of spinning hip hook kicks and just really unorthodox stuff. It's hard to get guys that train like him to get ready for that fight. So he, you know, he, he's got a young up and comer in this fight, but I, I think it's, I think Ryan's going to take it. I think it's a little too much for this guy a little too soon. Well, it's funny because Ryan, you know, you, you talk about it. He was made, his main thing was the 50, 50, right? Was that what it's 50, 50 is his, yep. is his move. Yep. And you see him against BJ Penn. And it was like, Oh my God, this is a different type of beast. And then <laughs> all of a sudden you, you talk about the, the fight where it's like uh, when Elkins came in and like, wait, he could strike too. That's, yeah. not, even, that's not even fair. Yeah, that's something that he uh, he 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 wasn't really out, outspoken about. But I remember on the Ultimate Fighter, him and uh, Tan Lee, one of our other teammates, who's a very very good striker, uh, Taekwondo background, been doing it his whole life. The way I was picking their brains, you know, Ryan would pick his brain. They would they would every single night they would hang out in the tennis courts and practice these different moves. And then after it, Tan Lee actually moved to Virginia and trained there for like two years, two full years. And they would just work together. They've also, uh, he also trains with uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Oh, so yeah, wow. he, smart, smart, you know, he's a smart guy. And he's basically doing what he did with jujitsu, where he would just do jujitsu every single minute. Uh, and he brought that into his striking. 
and he doesn't do normal striking, you know, like most MMA fighters just do boxing and Muay Thai, like, like me. And, 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 you know, I do some other stuff, but he basically took the approach where his jujitsu is very unorthodox. His striking is just as unorthodox where he's more likely to throw, you know, hook kicks and, and different styles like that. And it sets up his jujitsu really nicely. So you're going to see, you know, we haven't seen him fight in over a year you're going to see his striking even better than it was at that Elkins fight. So super excited for his fight a week before my fight. My God, that's going to be scary. Uh, Billy mm-hmm. Quarantillo right now joining us. You know, you told me, you said that Buffalo really changed your, your ways. You went to some classes over there after that, that fight that you got headbutted. <laughs> but you were a fan of UFC before. You were a fan of MMA before. So give me, like, who you actually really were idolized or you, you saw, like, that's the guy that got me into MMA. Yeah, there's there's not one guy in particular. I do remember uh, watching the ult- the first Ultimate Fighter uh, and thinking, I'm like, man, this is like so cool. I think I was like 16 uh, when that happened. So I was like, I kind of got an itch for it then. I remember Forrest Griffin being a big one. Forrest Griffin, uh, Kenny Florian from the first episode from the first season, um, and then I remember guys like uh, Frankie Edgar. Frankie Edgar was a big one where I just loved watching him fight, especially how small he was, and he'd beat guys at, at 155. Um, and coming up, I remember uh, Chris Weidman, Long Island guy. Uh, I remember him, you know, when he beat Anderson Silva and he was coming up and just an overall good game. So I would say those guys, those guys had a big influence on uh, my style. And then coming up, uh, I've always been a big like Tony Ferguson fan. Mm. We mentioned I've watched all of Tony Ferguson's fight. We mentioned Max Holloway in like in more recent years. It's kind of, you know, kind of switched to, to different styles. George St. Pierre probably was is my number one guy that just like how much respect he has and how good he was. And I like I like George St. Pierre because every fight he could look different. You know what I mean? Like he would fight Josh Koscheck and land a million jabs and take him down. And then he would, you know, fight, fight BJ Penn and he put BJ Penn up against the cage and took him down. Uh, and then other guys he would just strike with like Jake Shields. He basically struck with the whole time uh, or Dan Hardy, where he, you know, caught him in like 10 submissions almost, you know, I know, uh, dude. guys like that where, uh, you know, those were big ones like GSP, Frankie Edgar, those type of guys, uh, you know, obviously like watching Chuck Liddell and stuff like that. Just super exciting guys. That was like kind of my, my generation growing up watching. I was a Orlovsky guy. That was my, the, Andre Orlovsky was like the guy I was like, Oh, this guy is the pit bull. He's the freaking man. I loved him. Couture, obviously. Chuck oh Liddell's. yeah. Yeah. But, bigger. You know, in, in your division, I'm trying to figure out where I forget where the fight's supposed to be. Cause what, when was, when is um, Volkanovsky and Ortega fighting? Um, do they, I don't know if they announced it. I think it's in August. Is I don't know. Is? Maybe I'm missing it. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking. Cause I'm like that. That's, that's, that's your division right there, man. That, yep. that, that's a fight, dude. That's, yep. that's amazing. You talk about Frankie Edgar, how he, he lost Ortega and like, you know, Ortega is a different yep. beast, but but Holloway made him look silly. Yeah. You know? So I'm kind of, I'm curious to see what your opinion is on that fight. Yeah. I'm super, uh, I'm super intrigued by, it. um, I think, uh, the, the, you know, Volkanovski, I think he lost to Max, definitely the second fight, in mm-hmm. my opinion, first fight, you know, even could have went Max's way. So I always kind of had this mentality, like Max is still the, the, the guy to beat, especially with how good he looked against uh, Kelvin Cater, uh, who I love. I lo- I'm a big fan of the Boston guys too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be intriguing. I think Volkanovski is going to take it. 
I think uh, Ortega's good everywhere, and he's very good grappler. But I think Volkanovski can do enough to stay away from the grappling. And on the feet, I just think he's a little more powerful. You know, we saw him against Chad Mendes. He just looked incredible. So, um, yeah, I think Volkanovski's going to take that one. Um, I'm intrigued by that one, of course. I would love to fight either guy eventually, you know, maybe in the next couple of years. Uh, but I, Max is still my guy. I'm still kind of like a fan of Max Holloway, which is kind of weird because he's in my division and, he, and he's younger than me. So like for me, <laughs> being a, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I've been watching him just for, for a long time. I've met I've met him a few times. So I'm a huge Max Holloway fan and I would love to fight uh, either either Ortega or Volkanovski, you know, but I, you know, obviously I got some work to do first. So you're a huge fan of, of Holloway, which he is the coolest. Like he's just <laughs> freaking chill like I, I talked to him about this too because i said you know it's funny you see you see max you see yourself max and you you have this just you you never change you're young but you're not stupid yeah. you're you have a good crew around you and then you see a guy like conor mcgregor who you know he, at the time was in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons i asked him how does he keep so level-headed so chill and he was just basically the people around him that's what it is how about yourself do you i mean listen obviously it's it, we're talking about like guys that are ha, have been champions and they've had been in the spotlight, but you're making mm-hmm. your way up there too. And you want to get there. How do you keep yourself grounded? Cause it's not like, you're not, not like you, you're, you're this nobody you're sitting there. Yeah. You're making, you're, you're hitting on major cards. Now you're really hitting <laughs> big, big shows. How do you keep yourself level-headed? Yeah. You know, I, uh, I was lucky enough to find the right coach. Uh, Matt Arroyo has definitely helped me a lot with that. When I first moved to Tampa, you know, and one of the reasons I moved to Tampa was I, I had to get away from a lot of the people I was hanging out with. You know, I was hanging out with guys that were, you know, they're partying, they were drinking, they're doing drugs and, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it would have been very easy for me to uh, just, you know, end up just like them. So I had to get away from there. So when I moved to Tampa, you know, I had my heart set on getting to where I am now. And I knew I had to uh, basically just associate with the right people. So a a thing that really helps me is, you know, when I'm in training camp, it's, it's unfortunate, but when people are calling me to party and go out and I gotta, I gotta be very selective with who I hang out with because there are a lot of influences, especially, you know, like I'm friends with a lot of different people, you know, different groups of people in Tampa. So you know, when I'm in training camp, I'm only hanging out with people that have my best interests. I, you know, my wife obviously is just a, a, an amazing influence on me. She's, she's helped me basically get to this point. Um, so yeah, just hanging out with the right people. And, and luckily I have some good mentors. I have a lot of uh, older guys. Like I have some good, good coaches, good lawyers that, you know, kind of, kind of help steer me in the right direction. And uh, I think I've grown to have a good, uh, good read on people. You know, if, if, if I notice they're not doing the right stuff or if they're not talking about the right stuff that I like to do, I, I just have to cut them off, which it was hard for me when I was younger to, to cut people off that care about me. But if, if, if they don't have my best intentions, you, you kind of just got to get rid of them because you know, we don't, I only have one chance at this. So I got to be around the right people. No, listen, I, I understand that. I respect that. And that you're doing a good job of that. And it's, it's tough because you see, you know, people, are in the spotlight for all the wrong reasons you see this past week. And even people that I can't stand are still continuously in the spotlight and they're making tons of money doing it. Like, did you watch the Mayweather yeah. Paul fight? Did you watch that? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I hate, I hate to say it. I did watch it. I didn't pay for it. I found it. Luckily I found it on some random thing. Uh, but they, they got me a, a few fights ago. I forgot which fight it was, but I ended up paying for one fight that I was like, what the hell am I doing paying for this shit? Was it Tyson uh, Jones fight? Did you, was it that one? It was, 
it might have been that one. It might have been that one or the Ben Askren one or one of those. Uh, yeah, might have yeah. been that one. And ben, I, you let us down, dude. You let us all down, Ben. What yeah. the hell is that? Yeah. So, yeah, I watched it, and, you know, and and I get it. Like, if I'm either guy, I'm taking that fight. And uh, I some something that fighters don't understand, they're like, oh, man, like, I'm a better fighter than Jake Paul or, you know, Logan Paul or whatever, but I'm not making that money. And I was like, yeah, it's because you're boring. <laughs> it's because no one <laughs> wants to see you fight. You know, it's and not not because of your fighting style. It's, like, literally your personality. People don't know enough about you because – you're, you don't do the podcast. You don't do the interviews. You're, you sound just like everyone else. So I get it. You know, like I get why they make more money. You know, if people want to see you fight, if, if, if you're super, super famous and you're doing the right stuff, people are going to watch you want to watch you fight. So, you know, I don't mind doing the podcast and doing the interviews. Um, and, and I also make sure my style is exciting. You know, I, I know guys that have boring fights and they're wondering why they're not getting the big paychecks. It's because, you're a boring fighter. You know, it's, it's not because you're not talented. It's just because people don't care to see you fight. There's nothing in it for them. Yeah. But then you look at a guy like, uh, for example, Nate Diaz and some of these other guys are like, I need to get paid a ton of money now. <laughs> if you want me to fight and, and yeah. listen, we, I love the UFC and I'm not, I definitely don't take this as a knock in any sort of way. I do <laughs> look at it and go, I want to make sure that you guys are taken care of. Yeah. I don't know if the company's doing enough for you guys. First of all, mental health. Like I look at a guy like Mike Perry. I always talk about Mike Perry because I, I was a fan of him before, you know, he went off the rails. And I still – you still – it's concern. You know, it's not like, oh, the guy's a jerk. You know, he's – whatever, he's saying stupid things. He's a bad person. No, he's just – he's a different person. And that he had that personality beforehand. But you want to make sure he's being taken care of. I don't know how much your company is taking care of people. And I do know that there's still a financial issue because who, who said it? Um, oh my goodness. I was it? Oh, Jake Paul made the comment. He's like, Dana's not paying you guys. He's not, you know? Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a tough, uh, it's a tough situation because we wouldn't be here without the UFC. You know what I mean? Like if, if it wasn't for the UFC, it would probably be a different company. There might not be that much money in it anyway. You know, I hear the arguments, you know, like there should be different percentages. I don't know all the details in that. Um, but I do know that being in the UFC was always a dream of mine. And I know now, you know, I already got my, I got my, I'm on my, towards the end of my second contract, which was a lot better than my first contract. So for me, this is the most money I've ever made. Of course, like, you know, and Dana said this to, you know, I've heard him say this before, who doesn't want to make more money? You know what I mean? Like right. everyone job wants to make more money. So I, I do see like the arguments and um, with the Mike Perry thing. Yeah. He, I've, I've actually trained with Mike before he, he was in Orlando for a long time, just a character, but uh, yeah, you know, like I, what, what can I do about it? I, I can just keep doing what I'm doing, you know, be as exciting as I can do the right thing. It, you know, it is what it is with, you got to have more followers. You got to have people excited to watch you to make more money. Um, I'm not in any position to ask for, you know, whatever, 20 million or whatever these Paul guys are making. Right. And, and I, it, and I, I understand why they're making so much more because they have millions and millions of followers. So if it doesn't matter who you are, if you have that many followers and people want to see you fight, you're good. You can kind of ask what, ask you know for that money so hopefully i'm in a position one day where i could you know ask for that money but in the meantime like give me some fights give me a new give me a new contract and you know i can keep stacking up and i'll take that money and i'll invest it the right way and, and hopefully that for life i love it do you think uh tyron woodley has a chance for Jake paul 
Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know, I it's it, and I get it. You know, Jake Paul's a, he, he can box for someone who's not a pro boxer. Can Tyrone Woodley beat him? I, you know, it's unfortunate that he's fighting him now because if he would have fought him five years ago, I, know. I think I think he's the the most massive favorite. Uh, and another thing that no one ever talks about, I haven't heard one person mention it. What kind of like what kind of drug testing are they doing? You know what I mean? Like Tyrone Woodley, you know, zero. Has, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, dude, these guys are probably on like all kinds of steroids. Of course you're knocking people out. Um, I gu- could guarantee like the Paul brothers, like if I'm Tyrone Woodley, I hope he is. I hope he's juiced to the gills. right. <laughs> now. Uh, and I hope he just goes rips Jake Paul in half because we're, if you're familiar with the UFC, we're in a testing pool. So like we get randomly drug tested, you know, once a month sometimes. So Tyrone Woodley hasn't taken anything for the last 10 years, uh, you know, at least, you know, and so these guys like I'm very intrigued with that. And I think that's a big reason Logan Paul was able to hang in that fight. And I think it's a big reason uh, Jake Paul knocked out Ben Askren so easily because they're probably just all juiced up like mo- most of Hollywood probably is. Well, let's be serious. Ben Askren looked like he ate a bunch of meals before he walked into that fight for like decades. I mean, that guy was was huge, dude. He looked he looked ridiculous, Ben Askren. He, he looked out of shape. I mean, he, he was not – injecting anything he wasn't taking any sort of former steroid it was just straight up cheeseburgers <laughs> yeah, uh, no, <laughs> uh billy quarantello join us right now uh thanks so much for the time i appreciate it. what is there is there anything particularly you want to plug for yourself anything you want to promote uh no not really man i just wanted to uh, thank you for having me when uh if you're familiar with uh, my training i come out to long island at least two, three times uh, a year. And uh, when uh, when I told him I was talking to you today, all the Long Island boys were excited. Uh, shout out to Matt Frivola, Jimmy, and uh, Biggs, my, my, my team Frivola guys, all the Long Island crew. They're all coming out to uh, Frivola's fight here in Arizona. And uh, we'll, we'll all hang out after. I can't really drink and party with them because I got my fight coming up. But shout out to the, the Long Island or the Strong Island crew, as they like to call it. And uh, yeah, man, just thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, watch me fight July 17th. And uh, it's going to be fireworks. I can guarantee that. Awesome, Billy. Well, thanks again for the time, man. We'll definitely catch up soon again, all right? All right, brother. Appreciate it, man. Take care. Billy Q, the man, he's like, he's not from Long Island, but like he's like a designated Long Island guy, I feel like now. Um, At least he's boys with everybody from from Long Island. That being said, thank you to Billy Quantillo for joining. That was fantastic. It was a good time. And and, uh, check out that Bill's Mafia video, too. We will post that somewhere. You will see it. It was awesome. Um, next week, we will be back with more. We're going to have some guests lined up as always. Not sure who yet. I've heard some rumors. There's some uh, some actors and some current fighters and all that other stuff, so it's cool. And we'll have surprises. We always have, we always have surprises. They, they just pop up, so it's good. So just keep an eye out for that at the Hoff WFAN, at the Five Fan WFAN Twitter, at the Five Fan with Pete Hoffman everywhere else. And uh, we will have more because next week we got more fights. They never end, right? Let's see. Who, who's on Who's on next week? What's the next card? Oh, yeah. Korean Zombie versus Danny Gay. Got some really good fights lined up. Cyril Gaon, Alexander Volkov in the future. Then UFC 264 with the Poirier and the McGregor. It's going to be good times. We got a lot going on. We got a lot going on. So here we go. Uh, thanks again for checking us out. Thanks for Billy Q. And I will see you guys next week. Enjoy the fights and check me out tomorrow with more uh, updates, with more fight news, with the picks, as always, and a little recap afterwards. All right.
You're listening to The Fight Band with Pete This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 